millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johara Tundok and Cavan. Discover the all-new Renault Arcana at Blackstone Motors that comes with a five-year warranty. Call us now to arrange a test drive or visit blackstonemotors.ie for more details. You're very welcome to Late Lunch on this first day of October and as is my want on the first day of every month, I read you the little saying on my calendar to take with you through the days ahead, all 31 in the month. It says, life's short, take time to celebrate and appreciate the amazing people in your life. Nothing could be truer than that little saying. Do pop it in your back pocket take it with you over the days ahead. Welcome to the show on National Potato Day today. Oh, we love our spuds, don't we? Yes, it is the day celebrating the humble spud. Coming up on Late Lunch, a little later on, David Sheehan is with us to preview the weekend in sport. I dropped the curtain on my Elton John story. I'll have a lovely song. It's a classic from Elton and more about the man himself. Rick Cronje is here to recommend the vino this month. A good book you'll have in your hand too, I promise you. Book Club Friday on Late Lunch with Margaret Madden. We're joined by Sarah Orr from the National Lottery. Imagine if those six numbers were just the ones that were drawn tomorrow night and you had them. You'd be almost 20 million euro richer. Wow, it's capped the jackpot. Now, we're going to talk about that and more with Sarah a little bit later on. If you want to join us on the show, because you'll want to answer the riddle as well, I'm going to test your acumen on the show today, I promise you. 086-1800-658 is the number you need. That's the WhatsApp text number, or you can call in on 1850-715-958. I've been meaning to catch up with my first guest for a while now, and today is the day, the 1st of October. You know him well. He's a comedic writer of renown, best known for co-writing Father Ted with Graham Lenhin, but he's done loads more besides. And I'm keen to find out, look, it's been a tragedy for the world, hasn't it, the last 18, nearly 24 months at this stage. What do people do who write comedy, or what do they get up to? Arthur Matthews, how are you? Hi, Jerry. I'm okay. Yeah, fine. Thanks. Thanks for joining me on the show. Well, tell me this: in tragedy, or is tragedy, you know, part of comedy, or vice versa? <laughs> um, is tragedy part of comedy? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think no. comedy is comedy. Tragedy is tragedy. Yes, you, you do have tragic comedy. Yes, so maybe. Uh, yes, what a difficult question. Uh, yes and no. I've failed completely to answer your question. No, I, I don't mind. I, I, it's a very difficult question and I have put you on the spot. But here, tell me in layman's and laywoman's language, what have you been up to over the 18 months? What have you been doing? 
Well, let me see. Uh, when did it start? It's kind of February last yeah, year. Yeah, February, March 2020, yeah. Yeah. Well, like everyone else, I didn't do much for a while. Mm. And uh, Oh, actually, I did a few things. Actually, in com- comedy-wise, I did a few things. I did something for the BBC. I worked with this guy called Matt Berry. And actually, we did something because it only we only had to look at clips, um, film clips, and then we we wrote a commentary around that. So that was just loads of, loads of archive stuff mm. with the BBC. So they sent us loads of stuff to watch. So that was quite fun. So actually, yes, I did do that. Oh, actually, sorry, I was just remembering. I actually did a, a book. I did a Dominic Cummins book because someone asked me to write a book. Uh, not about Dominic Cummings, but supposedly a diary type thing by Dominic Cummings. Someone asked me to do that, and I said, actually, they asked me before COVID, and I said, I'm not sure. But then, if you remember the big controversy where, yes. where Cummings went off to yeah. Castle Barnard and got in loads of trouble. So, after that, I said, yeah, I could probably um, do something. So, yes, I did that. The The Cummings Files, it was called. So then, when did that bring me up to? I don't know. August last year. Yeah. Then I do kind of a bit of painting. I do kind of painting and that. And then, by January, it was going a bit crazy. <laughs> like everyone else. <laughs> like everybody. But then I came out of that crazy period and I watched the football in the Euros. And then I've just done a series. I did a show again at Matt Berry called Toast of London, which oh, yeah. is on Channel 4. Yep. And in August, we did another series, the first one since 2015. So it's now called Toast of Tinseltown because he's moved to America. So we, we shot that in August. So, yes, that's what I've been doing. Good stuff. Well, listen, you have been uh, busy and on various fronts as well. It's quite varied what you, you've been up to. Hey, what about coming? So, geez, he could bring the whole show down if they really listened to him, couldn't he? I think so. Yeah. I, mean, I think he's tried his best. Mm. He's tried his best. <laughs> oh, but the establishment author, the establishment author, it's very hard to, to penetrate and, you know, uh, knock the bricks out from it. But there you go. So anyway, you put yourself in his mind and you sort of assumed what his um, diary would be like. I did. Exactly. I did loads of drawings in it as well. Good. I, I did some... Because um, he's famous for his um, his... His his blog, mm. which is full of uh, millions of ideas going off in every direction. Right. So I did lots of kind of diagrams, and um, it's a bit diary, a bit of his uh, musings about Boris. Good. So it's all that kind of stuff. Good, so good, good, good. Fun to do. I'm yeah. sure it was. It Tell my idea, as I say. It was, <laughs> yeah. it, was, uh, it was some publisher in London who obviously very good. Well, it kept you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kept you going for a while anyway listen tell me this uh, I don't mean to harp back to and I know loads of people do the popularity of Ted like it's, you put on your TV it's still rolling along there three series 95 to 98 and it's picking up new viewers all the time what about the musical idea is that shelved that was muted wasn't it at one stage it was muted and it was it was uh, we went to London we worked on it we wrote it. We kind of did a few rehearsals with it. And then COVID happened and it got shelved. But um, 
hopefully it will it will come back again. I mean, obviously the whole theatre mm. world stopped, but it's opening up again. So, yeah, I don't know. I ho- hopefully it'll start up again, yeah. Mm, watch, it'll be great. Watch It'll'd this great. space. Yeah, it would be another angle on as well. And, of course, you're you're, you're not new to this. I, I, I was at Ikeno. I think I was at the premiere of Ikeno in Dublin. Whoa, yes. In 2005. God, yeah. That's a, long, even that's a long time ago now, yeah. I was. I think I was sitting with Linda Martin that night. I, I'm just, oh, I'm oh, just thinking back there. Yeah, why me? Why me, Arthur? But uh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I hope you got on with Linda. Oh, very well. Oh, very well. She's a darling. She really is. She, she is so nice. But hey, yes, come I've back. I've only heard nice things about Linda Martin. Yes. She is a very, very kind woman. Uh, she really is indeed. Love her to bits. Now, come back to you. I spent a few hours of my time, let me tell you, in recent hours, listening to you on Totally Wired Radio with Eddie Pillar, the Modcast. Hey, Arthur, that was really enjoyable, I have to say. Oh, thanks very much. And how did, uh, how the hell did you find out about that? I think a fella called Mick the Mod guided it. Uh, fa- Mick the Mod, you know Mick the Mod. I do well. Everyone, I'm, I, everyone knows Mick the Mod and Drawed. In fact... I, I saw him this morning. We went for a little stroll ah. along Termfecken Strand because he, he wasn't well last year, but he's, yes. so he's kind of recovering slowly. Yeah, but yeah Mick, Mick knows everybody. Well, and, he, uh, he directed me, you see. I'm connected to him, and I have interviewed him, of course, since he had, oh, yeah. the, had the stroke, and he's coming back, and we I want to wish him well again today, and good to hear he was oh, out yeah. and about with you. But yeah, Mick, yeah, yeah. Mick pointed me to this and said, and I, and I have been listening. Well, you know, I recommend it to people. Totally Wired Radio, The Modcast, Eddie Piller, and Arthur Matthews, the gentleman who I'm speaking to today. Have a listen to it. But here, listen, a few things I wanted to... to I have a few crows to pick. Would you, do you mind me doing that? Well, <laughs> let's see. Let's see what happens. <laughs> let's go for it and see. Anyway, a bin liner to the Boomtown Rats, really? That's correct. It was, if you remember, the day, the days of punk rock. Mm. And for a very short period, there was a, a, a fashion, if that's the word, for wearing bin liners. Mm. Uh, thankfully, no one remembers that very sad period of rock history. <laughs> but it is true that I did wear a bin liner to the <laughs> concert. It was the one in the Stella Cinema uh, in 1977, Christmas, I think. Wow. I would have looked pretty terrible. I'm, I'm trying. Even without a bin liner. We, 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 we can, we can right. picture it, Arthur. We can picture it. Believe you me, we can picture it. Anyway. I have to say, I'd look even worse. These days, and I tried sticking thin line on on top of me. Well, anyway, you wouldn't be wearing it. You know, this world of ours is on the threat, and with global warming and warming and everything, don't go near bin liners. Anyway, the other thing I was to say to you, uh, you're a big fan of horse lips. I like horse lips. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. I regularly meet Barry Devlin mm. for lunch with another friend of mine, Declan Lynch. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, li- I-, I like horseless. Uh, Eddie on the Modcast asked me about horseless. So, yeah. Mm. But anyway, coincidentally, I've started meeting Barry a lot for lunch. He was an amazing character. Mm. Uh, he's many of the stories and uh, he's great company. And uh, so, yeah, that's my horseless connection. I used to, 
and Eamon, Eamon um, Carr, and, uh, where I live in Dublin, he lives pretty closely, so I see him yeah. occasionally. Yeah. yeah, I've seen the boys. Like the, You do know that Paddy Goodwin had a big part to play, my yeah, friend, in their, that, yeah. in their revival, yeah. and they've played with Paddy in McHugh's uh, on a number of occasions as they warmed up when, for that comeback tour a few years ago as well. Oh, they're fantastic guys. They, they, they really are. Hey, the other thing is this. Can I say from what you said, uh, really the 70s was your musical era? Uh, yeah, I do. I do like the seventies. Yes, oh, but specifically, if you want to be more specific, probably, probably from like the mid. Like, there's a thing on on BBC Radio Two, which is uh, Pick of the Pops, mm. which was was presented for many years by Alan Freeman and then Tony Blackburn, and now it's presented by Paul Gambaccini. So that's the charts from yesteryear. Yes, I do. I listen to it. Do you? Do yes. you really? Great, on, on Saturday. Yes. Anyway, Saturday lunchtime. But anyway, it's uh, from about uh, anything after 1979 or 80, I don't really bother listening to. But if it's a chart from 65 to the late 70s, yeah. I'd, I'd uh, always tune in. That's your scene. The Blades, of course, you mentioned. You love the Blades, didn't you? They were one of your biggies. Yeah, I'm going to see, because they do a, a concert every Christmas, so uh, I think I'm going this year. Great. And uh, coincidentally, I saw Paul, <laughs> I was driving up to Trollody yesterday from Dublin. <laughs> I, passed, I passed Paul Cleary down the street. <laughs> Come <laughs> on, My sister was in the car. Is that what? She said, oh, or, so she's going to, pop with, to the Blades with me. And then I said, is that Paul Cleary? <laughs> and sure enough... Paul Cleary happened to be walking along the road as we drove past. These things are so... I, I, I honestly believe, I, I've said it here many a times, that we're, we're so connected and we don't realise it as, yeah. as beings on this planet. The other thing, of course, is you're a massive sports fan, and I know this. Drogheda United, of course, uh, like myself, you follow them through more thin than thick, as we know. But um, have you been up this year at all to see them? Did you get No, I'm, no. I'm going tonight. Are you? Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. And I won't no, I be there. Yeah, go on. Oh, you are? Because I know you do the occasion. Uh, you did the commentary. Yeah, I was ba- I was drafted back in for the Bulls game. Jeez, what a match yeah. that was! <laughs> well, I, uh, that was amazing. Yeah, and I I I, uh, I heard I heard your beautiful voice <laughs> and watched the unfolding action on it. Yeah, I, I watched all the games on or most of the games on good. On the, on the internet. But yes. yeah, and I hope I'll, I'll be going along tonight. Oh, yeah. bring them luck, Arthur, tonight. I won't be there myself, but bring them luck this evening. Will they Will they stay up? Will they stay in the Premier League, do you think? Um, yeah, I think they will. I think they will. Mm. Yeah. I think that'd be an achievement for them this year. And here's another thing I was just looking at. And this man is steeped in sporting history, folks. 1974, Don Givens hat-trick against Russia at Dalyman Park. Arthur Matthews was there, Yes. Correct. I was. Yes, I remember. I remember it very well. In fact, I there's a friend of mine, Liam Mackey, who I know from Hot Press, who's yep. a football journalist. But we're both our first game seeing Ireland was in 1971 when they played Italy. So that was we had our 50th 50th anniversary of that. Oh but that's also, as you remember, the the year draw they got to the cup final. Yes, um, and my friend, I tell you what, I picked up Jerry. I was up in um, in Mount Stewart House in County Down, right? 
It's a National Trust property, beautiful place. But in the bookshop, there was a book by Liam Beckett. And I remember, I said, Liam Beckett, he used to play for Drada. Yeah. And sure enough, uh, his book, he was also an expert on motor or motorcycle racing with, you know, the Dunlops, Joey yes. Dunlop and those people. So he's had a career in that. And he also played for... Um, for uh, in, in the Irish League with Crusaders, I think. But he played one season at Drada, so I bought the book. Mm. Do you know about the book? I, I don't know about it. This is new, but I I've should seen. Read it. But it's you know, very funny. But you know, do you know something, Arthur? Liam does regular analysis on the Irish League games when they're screened. I think it's either on Sky or the BBC. Yes, he's he's one. He's known as a broadcaster. Yeah, but honestly, you should get the book because there's okay. some fantastic, some fantastic stories about when he was a draw. He was only there for one season. Yes, but I won't. I won't tell you the Don't. stories. But get the book. I will. I, get, I gave the book to Mick to make the mod. Okay, uh, and he has a book. Grab yourself a copy because there's a very some very funny stories. About I will and... do that. That was the McAlinden era and when we had the combination international team from the north, from the Drogheda area and from Dublin as well. I remember yeah. it well. Leaving back at the top, this guy is a Catholic. <laughs> to be. <laughs> the broad, as you remember, they brought a few players down from Belfast. Yes. And they presumed... Beckett was a was a Catholic. He wasn't. He was no. from North Antrim. <laughs> so and they used to bring it to Brom round into St Peter's to see Oliver Plunkett's head. Yeah. And uh, he thought, "What the hell am I doing here?" <laughs> but anyway, you should get the book. I will. Uh, get, get him on your show. Like, yeah. Because yeah. Um, he, he's he's uh, he's the book is great. It's very funny. Yeah. No, I'll do that. I I promise I will. Anyway. Funny story when he, pl- I think he played for Crusaders in some European Cup match away against Dynamo Bucharest and were losing 9 0. <laughs> I saw this on the scoreboard and he didn't know. He said, Is that the score or the time? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, listen, you've just upped the sales of that book, that's for sure. <laughs> listen, I have to leave it there today. You're in great form and I'm delighted to hear you are. And I thank you for your time and we'll talk again. We're not going to leave it as long, right. I promise you. Yeah, no, but, I'll talk to you again. Yeah, today. and okay. good luck pleasure. tonight, Arthur. Slán, bye, 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 okay. bye. Take bye-bye. care now, bye bye. That's the wonderful Arthur Matthews there. He's such an. En- you can understand why, can't you? That man writes brilliant comedy. Anyway, Little Lunch LMFM Radio, back in a moment with your riddle. Thanks a million, Kay. Best of luck to you, Jerry, tonight at the Radio Awards. Yes, we should be going to Kilkenny, but it's virtual again this year, and I want to say the very best of luck to our own Sinead, who's up for an award tonight. Sarah McCann, her documentary. Peter Dunn, who is nominated as well for his show on Midlands that he does at the weekends, and ourselves were up for a couple this evening. Anyway, we're looking forward to it, and fingers crossed. It is fantastic to be shortlisted and acknowledged. If we get something more, won't it be wonderful? But let's see what this evening brings. Now, your riddle on Friday. Here it is. Listen carefully. Lily is a lily pad in a small pond. Lily doubles in size every day and on the 20th day she covers the entire pond. On what day did Lily cover half the surface area of the pond? Once more, Lily is a lily pad in a small pond. Lily doubles in size every day and on the 20th day she covers the entire pond. On what day did Lily cover half the surface area of the pond? Answers, please, to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Get them in to us. It's a little tricky, but if you think about it, 
It's looking you there straight in the eye. I promise you. Now, coming up on late lunch after two on the show, Margaret Madden is with us. Yes, Book Club Friday. She has some cracking recommendations. And I have her Book of the Month as well to give away to one of you this afternoon. The Lottery Jackpot. Oh, I might give you me numbers again, although I'm thinking of keeping them to myself. Oh, sure, I'm generous. Sure, if a load of us won, it wouldn't be great. It's nearly 20 million. Sarah Orr from the Lottery is with us on the show. Rick Cronje chips in with the lovely red and white wines. Oh, they're lovely, I promise you. And more besides coming up on Late Lunch. But taking us to news and weather at two, it's you two. And the sweetest thing, it's just like Rick, Rick's wines. The sweetest thing, Rick's wines, I guarantee you. LMFM Radio Bingo, it's absolutely flying at the moment. And loads of new players joining every week. Well done to Elizabeth Callaghan, Raystown RD, and Bernadette Duffy from Cortown Kells, who both won €400. Euro. And Peter Ward doubled up. He's from Dermin. He got €800. Euro. Next week's jackpot is €6,600. And don't forget, you can buy your books online, lmfm.ie. Check it out there. There's a load of places across the northeast. East, Bird Super Value in Beachmount there in Navin, Suhan's Maxwell Service Station in Haggard Street in Trim, Healy Super Value, the Gables and Chocolate. They're just an example of places you can get your books. And with bingo in mind, I have a set of four bingo books to give away to one of you today. That means you can play bingo for the next month, all through October, here on LMFM, and you could be a big winner. So a month's bingo books for one of you this afternoon on Late Lunch. The question is this. Here's a nickname. What number am I talking about in bingo terms? Knock at the door. What's that the nickname for? Which bingo number is that the nickname for? Knock at the door. Answers please to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text and we'll pick someone for a month of bingo here on LMFM Radio before the end of the show. It's boot club time on late lunch and Margaret Madden is standing by. Hello again, Margaret. Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm really good. Let's get straight to business. Tell them what your book of the month is. It is The Lake House at Lanashee by Sheila Forsyth. And I have it sitting here beside me in pristine condition. Well, why this book? Oh, this is just fantastic. It's a kind of a, a Gothic-style Irish um, historical fiction. So it's dual time, actually. So it goes back to 1960s Ireland and then set in the present day as well. And you discover that there's a bit of a secret going on um, back, relating back to these socialites in a beautiful house um, in Lanashee in County Clare back in the 60s where he's a socialite and her husband, um, Harry Griffith and, and Ida. And he was a real chancellor, like new money, but you don't really know where he got it, but he had plenty of it. And he organises like a, a party weekend and invites um, his brother and, and his wife and daughter. And then Ida, his wife, um, invites her fashion style, Rosemary. And then there's the housekeeper, Vonnie, and the cook, Moira. And something goes down in the big house in the summer of 1967. And in the present day, somebody is trying to find out what that is. But it's not that easy. Mm. Do we know from the book, is it made clearer that you have to work your way through to find out before the end? You don't know until the end, really, what, what okay. went down in, in, at the lake house. Okay. And it's well worth the wait. Oh, that's good to hear. So really, you have two women here, in, well, others in focus as well, but they're both at a crossroads, Maura trying to forget and Julia trying to remember. Yeah, Moira is, is the one that's trying to forget what happened in 1967. Yeah. And Julia is the one that, as you said, trying to find out what happened. And there is a reason why. 
Um, but I won't ruin it by doing any links. But it's just, let me just say that even the, the scenery and the atmosphere and the big old house and the cocktails and and the style, even for that alone, it's worth reading, never mind the actual story that goes through it. Mm. And when they go back to this house, I take it it's boarded up and locked up at this stage since it has 19... been locked up yeah. since 1967. Right, yeah. right. Okay, so yeah. the, the secrets are locked within in the place itself. I saw you writing about this and you uh, compare it, and this is some comparison, and it's some thumbs up for this book with Daphne de Maurier's Rebecca. Yeah, it has that same kind of eerie atmosphere, you know, when... Um, with Rebecca, where it starts off with last night, I dreamt of, I went back to Mandalay. So mm. it's the same similar kind of thing where, where somebody is going back to this house and what, what secrets are in the walls. Mm. And and you have to say about Sheila, she did it with Kilbride House and here she's back with the Lake House. Yeah, she's great. She's absolutely, she loves period properties, a bit like myself, and she really gets into the fabric of the buildings and, and wanders around them all over the country and kind of tries to pick up the atmosphere and it really comes through on the page. So this will hook you and have you throughout, turning the pages until the very end when all is revealed. Yeah, it will. And as I said, there's a lovely gothic feel, so it might be perfect for somebody coming up to Halloween. Oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. So Margaret Madden, Book Club, Late Lunch, for the month. Well, I'm a day late, but really is September. Anyway, we're just in the 1st of October. The book of the month is The Lake House at Lenishi by Sheila Forsey. Highly recommended. You won't regret picking it up, making the purchase. Now, let's move on. Your second book, actually, I have to say, intrigues me. This is a simply wonderful story. It's called Nanny Ma and Me, an Irish story of family, race and home. Search for belonging in a changing society. Yeah, now this is written by Jade Jordan, um, the actress, and her, her mum and her grandmother also um, contribute to it. So it's there's three kind of threads to the story. So first of all, you have in 1950s, you have Kathleen, who's the nanny. Um, you get to, to know her life. She, she grew up in Ireland, went to London, met and married a black man and returned to Ireland. The marriage didn't really work out. So it was it, the reaction to her having mixed race children um, you get to see what that was like in the 1950s. I think, Margaret, what, one just one aspect of it, uh, and mm-hmm. I, I won't, I won't just say the word, but you're talking. You, you mentioned the 50s, and it's the granny there walking down the road with a lovely silver cross pram and the baby, and then a woman says, "Oh, let me have a look at the child." And when she opens back the blanket and sees that the child is black, the language that lady used to that poor woman, horrendous, Margaret. Yeah, it is. And the funny thing is that when you move on to the 1970s, where you have um, Dominique's story, which Mm. is the child in the pram as such, um, it's actually worse. I I felt it was actually worse. Yes. Uh, People were more, um, they were more, even more ignorant. They, they, the the foul, I I get so angry, the foul language that comes out of their mouth, you know. At this stage, the family are living in um, tenements in Sean McDermott Street. So while there is a fabulous sense of community in the tenement, yes. people really look after each other and have each other's backs. When when they walk out of their environs, they really felt the, the racism hit hitting them, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and the thing to say is this story starts in the UK with the granny. You know, I, I mentioned that incident that happened in, in England, but they moved to Ireland then. And you're right. The child that was in that pram as she grows up in the 70s. You're right. The language she was accused of having AIDS. Somebody said to her, you can't be black and Irish at the same time. And mm. others shouting at her, go back to where you came from. It's horrendous stuff. 
Well, you still hear that today, don't you? Go yes. back to your own country, this, or where are you from? And you're like, well, I'm from Ireland. Do you know and and, and, and yeah. you know, Margaret, and you're going to come on to this, Jade is the third part of this, mm-hmm. uh, as you said, and you're right, even today. She's the, the third wheel in this, isn't she, the story? She is. So um, basically, she was inspired to kind of examine her family's history and, and run-ins with racism in Ireland by what had happened with George Floyd in the States and, mm. and you know, the discrimination. Basically, what she's saying is it's not just um, bad American cops that are are, are really mistreating um, black people. It goes on every day here, too. Mm. Despite people saying things like, now, this is my, my pet peeve, when somebody says, I'm not a racist, but... but. You know, mm. <laughs> this, this, this kind of carry on. So yeah. she examines that and then you have her story. So she left Ireland, went to London um, to try and pursue her dancing and acting career. But like like her mum and her, her nanny, she ended up back in Ireland. Her, the pull was too strong. Yes. And, and she is a successful actress now. Um, but basically, to me, the, the best part of this story um was Kathleen's the original nanny, and even before she met and married um, her husband, the, her, the treatment that she had for uh, depression back in in the fifties, the way she was locked away for years because she was grieving the death of her father. So it's this. It, not only is there the blatant racism all through the book, there's also the treatment of women in general, the treatment of people with mental illness, and. And how we we are we are coming out of that, but slowly. Yes, there's still issues around. There's still stigma attached um, to these stories. Mm, and you know, uh, Jade says it must change now and for the next generation. And I look at, yeah. I, I see it in integration and the new Irish. I was talking to Hector yesterday about his show last night in TG Car about meeting all these people who are now Irish people. They come here to live. Their oh, yeah. children are born here, and we gotta really, you know what I mean, embrace this and. Uh, do what we, the way we received in other countries ourselves. Now, we found it difficult. You know that yourself. We went to the US, went to England for years. But eventually, the penny dropped that you got to embrace people and they're part of society and they contribute so much. This is a great book, Margaret. Yeah, it is. It really makes you ponder. Now, I mean, yeah. you and I are both well aware of the racism that goes on around, but some people don't realise how bad it is. Mm. Anyway, know? And folks, it is still bad. It is, it is. And it's an issue that needs to be dealt with and stamped out firmly. Nanny, Ma and Me, an Irish story of family, race and home uh, by Jay Jordan. Pick it up, read it. It's eye-opening and it might just, you know, prompt something with people to say, listen, this has to stop. Now, let's move to your third choice today, which is the unexpected love story of Lexi Byrne, aged 39 and a half. This is funny. It is. This is Caroline Grace Cassidy's latest book. And this is a lot lighter than what we've just been talking about. So um, Lexi, as as you've heard from the title, is about to turn 40. Uh, She's newly single. She's a customer service assistant in a Dublin city centre I would say like Stevens Green Shopping Centre, you know, that kind of, or the Ilex Centre, something like that. And uh, she's quite happy at home with her rescue cat and her dirty dancing on repeat on her her DVD player. She's, you know, however, (laughs) she does bump, literally bumps into an Englishman in a pub on Patrick's on St. Patrick's Day in the evening. And it's basically love at first sight. So (laughs) despite her her best friend, Anne-Marie, telling her that she's crazy, she decides to take the bull by the horns and go over and stay with him for the weekend. She's absolutely mad about him. And it just it's its just funny. It's fun. Um, it's great escapism. You know, very witty. Very charming. 
Mm. And, uh, you know, Anne-Marie is the type of friend, solid friend, you know, you'd, she'd yeah. back you all the way, uh, take her advice, but she flies in the face of it, Lexi, and off she goes on this love tryst. Margaret, does it end happily ever after? Well, you know, first of all, you have to envision the two women sitting on the plane flying over to London. <laughs> no idea who really they're meeting. And Anne-Marie heavily pregnant. So the crack, you know, <laughs> yeah, the crack is 90. I'm not going to give away the end. I knew you wouldn't. I'm only testing no. you. I'm only testing yeah. you. Yeah, it's just very funny and um, a great way to, to switch off at the end of the day. Yeah, lovely book. Funny book. Highly recommended. Caroline Grace Cassidy. It's published by Black and White. The Unexpected Love Story of Lexi Barn, age 39 have. It's very important. She hasn't reached the 40 mark <laughs> yeah. just there yet. And finally today, this is another you're a great fan of course of the audiobooks and we're back to, you know, a serious topic and the Windrush generation. Homecoming is the book by Colin Grant, published in 2019. Yeah, again this is my borrow box of the month. You know me, I love to have one on um, on the earphones as I'm, I'm pottering around. And again, it touches on race. So this is going back to, you know, the, the 50s and it's after the Second World War and the, the Windrush was really the generation that arrived over in Britain because from the Caribbean and mm. the West Indies because they were promised that this wonderful life, this amazing, you know, you are English, you are British, you are one of us. Come, come and live with us. Come and stay in our amazing country. When really, the 1948 British Nationality Act was just about filling labour shortage. Mm. Um, so these these poor people. I mean, when you hear their stories, because you do, you hear their stories. This isn't fiction. This is Fact. you know transcripts. Yeah, mm. um, how they they say you know they had a year's savings to get their ticket on the boat, or in some in some cases there were stowaways to get to get to the promised land of England. And they, they rock off the boat in inappropriate clothes, no idea where they're going, and just mistreated from the moment they land. Mm. So, yeah, it, but these are the, the people's stories. They are. Grant is a historian, but he, he lets their voice come through. Yeah, and, and the other thing I w- didn't realise were those termed, we hear of the Windrush generation, but the barrel mm. children, the children, the boys and girls left behind by their parents who yeah. came to England to, you know, set up home, save the money and bring them with them. But by God, they suffered too. They did and very rarely made it over. And yeah. the parents could, couldn't afford to go back either. Mm. So they were stuck. So this wind rush was literally like, oh, I don't know. It was more than the wind that shook the barley now, to be fair, because they were stuck there. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, it, the, the people, as I said, speak for themselves. So there is a bit of repetition in it. But one of the lovely things that I read in it was about they, they created their own kind of banking system called a partner system. Um, it sounds like partner, so that's how I remember. Um, to buy their own homes. To, to you know, so what they did was they did like a, a credit union kind of thing where they all chipped in every week and one person per year was given the total to go and purchase a house. You know this? And yes. then everybody just kept on with their wee payments. And it was just wonderful community within, but they didn't mix very well. They weren't made feel welcome. Mm. Oh, um, a... You can see that in the areas in, in London yes. now. You have complete separate areas. You have the Jewish area, you have the Caribbean area, you have, the, you know, mm. the African areas didn't blend very well at all, you know. Mm. It's a very strange situation they have over there now, then now blocking anybody from coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, it's a powerful yeah. book. It's True Stories, Homecoming, 
by Colin Grant and Margaret listening to it in audio format this month. Cracking recommendations there and just reminding you the book of the month is The Lake House at Lenishee by Sheila Forzy. Margaret, you're a star. Thank you so you're much welcome. for joining us. I'm off to Demi Radio Bingo. See you later. See you. Bye. Bye. Margaret Madden there. I have the book. It's the book of the month. I'd like to give it to one of you. Lake is mentioned in the title, so I'll go with that for a question. If you'd like the book of the month from me today, here's the question, because this is a fictional house and place and that. Anyway, uh, a lake in Ireland. Where, in which Irish county is Loch Ewell or Loch Owl, O-W-E-L? In which Irish county is Loch Ewell, as uh, we um, mention it when we're fishing? In which Irish county is it? Answers, please, to 086-1800-658 with your name and details and I'll give that book to somebody on the show this afternoon. It's still there. What am I talking about? The massive lottery jackpot. It hasn't been won in a while and it's set to top around 19 million in the draw tomorrow evening and we're going to talk about it for the next few moments with Sarah Orr who's looking after the public relations. What a lovely job for 19 million Sarah. Hi Jerry. it's lovely to talk to you. Yeah it's, it really is especially as we kind of get to these levels now so it's definitely an exciting weekend um, for a lot of players everywhere. How many draws have there been now since it was won last? How long is it running? Yeah, almost four months now. So the last time the jackpot wow. was won was back on the 5th of June. Um, so yeah, so it really is an unprecedented amount now at this stage. So yeah, the, the levels are really getting high. So, you know, tomorrow night's jackpot, it's guaranteed. The exact amount is 19060800 So it's the highest amount that we've ever seen in Lotto. I take the 800 today. Anyway, it's a hell of a jackpot. And is that it? It'll, it won't rise above that. Is that true from this it's point not. on? Yeah, exactly. So the way it works now, so the jackpot is now capped at that amount. But what that means is, so no additional money will be added to the jackpot prize until it's won. Um, so the funds, you know, that would normally go to the jackpot, now they'll be distributed to the next lower prize tier at which there's winners. So say, for example, if there, you know, if there was a match five plus bonus winner, it would go to that one. If there's no winner at that level, then it goes down to match five, etc. So, um, so yeah, so basically it means that, you know, the prize money that usually goes to the jackpot, it's now guaranteed instead to be won at a lower prize tier this Saturday. So, you know, it could be, it could be a big weekend for a few winners yes. then. Yes, so in other words, if you have the five numbers and the bones of the five numbers, those prizes are going to be bumped up and you get a lot more money than normal. Exactly, yeah. So we're actually estimating that there could be approximately €1 million in additional prize money that will flow down to the next prize tier at which there's winners. So yeah, there really is. There's a lot to play for this weekend. I take it that uh, as it moves along and it gets bigger, you can see it. I know myself, like, you're going to get more people playing it, aren't you? Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Like, you know, there's, as I think a lot of people, some people might only play when, you know, when the jackpot's getting higher and higher and as it gets more and more exciting. So, yeah, you know, there there will be more people playing. So, um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's also why we kind of say to people, especially with the big draws like this, 
it's always good to, you know, buy your tickets early and make sure you get in there, especially, you know, with COVID and everything like that. So to avoid queues where you can. And we're always actually quick to remind people the cutoff time for sales, it's quarter to eight tomorrow evening. So just to make sure they buy their tickets well in advance of that as well. And you can play online, of course. Of course, yeah. You can do it online um, at lottery.ie or through the National Lottery app as well. So, so there's a few options there. So you just, you know, you have to get in there early. Now, if it happened to be me, what do you recommend? <laughs> or anybody listening today, what am I thinking? I'm lightning cutting hit like that. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? I was actually looking at the ticket because I examined my ticket carefully for Wednesday just to make sure. And I turned around for the first time and I see you must sign it. So if you happen to get this winning ticket, it's very important, isn't it, to sign that ticket on the back? Absolutely, yeah. So the first thing you should always do, so if you have the winning ticket, so, you know, try your best to stay calm. And the first thing you do is find the back of the ticket and keep it in a safe place. And then you make contact with our prize claims team and they'll be able to advise you what to do next. And, you know, you'll you'll have your check then soon enough as well. So, um, yeah, so, you know, it's a nice problem to have, but always make sure you do sign the back of your ticket first. And keep it safe. Louise, my producer's after reminding me, just reminding me, will you hear this? I lost me glasses. She says, don't put the ticket with your glasses anyway, in the name of God. Anyway, hopefully they'll turn up somewhere soon. Anyway, look, good luck to everybody. Somebody's going to win this jackpot at some stage. And I always say, if you do, health to wear. Good luck to everyone. But as uh, we've just heard from Sarah, play early, get your tickets, get your numbers done and let's see what Lady Luck brings. Thank you so much for joining me, Sarah, on the show. Thanks a million, Jerry. It's lovely to talk to you. You too. Take care. Wow, folks. 19, just over 19 million. Ah, well, somebody's going to pick it up and, well, their life will be changed forever. Ah, let's have a Bee Gees. Yeah. Come on. You win again. Imagine. Imagine your numbers coming up. Oh, I'd go ballistic. I would. Anyway, let's listen to the Gibb brothers. Knock at the door is number four in bingo parlance. Thank you very much for all your correct answers. Loads and loads of them today. I have a book of bingo plays. Yes, for the next month. Four books for the month. And it goes to Francis O'Driscoll in Drogheda today. Well done to you, Francis. And good luck with the books. I hope you win big on the bingo. I'll have more books to give away, I promise you, on the show next week. Now, talking about books, Margaret Madden recommended some crackers. What goes nicely with a good book? A glass of wine, of course. And who's going to recommend it? Yes, it's our man, the virtuoso Ovino, Rick Cronje. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jerry, and to the listeners. Thank you so much for joining me. Jeepers, you're really getting the hand of that Zoom now, Rick. I tell you what, Jerry, I'm moving up in the ranks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great to have you with us on the show, Rick. Yeah, you're so kind, and uh, you've tipped into Tesco and Drahunter today to select your two bottles. Let's begin with the white. Yes, uh, Tesco and Drahunter. Lovely just to make the trip up there, uh, uh, Jerry. The white is from Italy, and it's that very classic white, uh, suave, superior classico. And it's important that I mention the classico because there's different classifications for the suave uh, uh, region. And this is uh, 2019. Again, very important. That year is very, very important. And Rick, it's a snip, may I say, at €9. Euro. 
it's a giveaway, Jerry. I was pleasantly surprised uh, with a Tesco. I've been watching them for the last month or so, and they've got some lovely wines in, which is quite a contrast to a few months ago, obviously, with the mm. lockdown and that. Mm. And uh, they're definitely gearing up for Christmas. And, uh, yeah, a beautiful, beautiful uh, wine. Of course, it's the Gaganega grape that it's made from. Suave is a, sort of the area, the town. Um, and it's, in, of course, in northern Italy, the province of Verona. Mm. And uh, there's there's criteria around this, you know, to to be titled Suave Superior Doc. The grapes, what's the story? There there really are stringent rules here. Very stringent. Um, Suave, well, there's actually five classifications. You've got Suave, which is the standard. Then you have Suave Spomante, you have Suave Colli Scalia. And then the Classico, which we are testing today. Um, and the difference there is that it's a very strict on the origin of it, the area it comes from, uh, the production techniques, the process, and the aging mm. of it is it all comes into it. This is a DOCG, which means it's guaranteed the designation of origin. Mm. Uh, whereas a DOC that is just designation of origin. So it's one little step up, but of course the price goes with it as well. Yes. So there's 70% of the Gaganega grape in this. What makes up the other 30? Uh, well, in this case, uh, the uh, Chardonnay and uh, the uh, uh, Vedicchio okay. uh, uh, comes into it. But in this case, this is 100%. Okay. But that's just the minimum oh, requirement. Oh, I see. I see. 70%. I beg your pardon. Yes. So this one is actually, because I know it can be, uh, there can be a blend with it dominating that grape, but this is 100% Garganega. 100% right. Garganega. Um, and again, it's the minimum alcohol content must be 12.5%. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this is produced by a co-op. It goes back to the 50s when it, when it's established. There's 600 members involved here. Are they all we producers who have their own little tracts of, of, uh, of vines? Correct, Jerry. It's, it's a co-op that was established in March 52, uh, Cantina Social. And it's a co-op they started uh, from scratch. And uh, today the numbers are 600. So they all produce parcels of, of uh, wines. Uh, it covers 1,200 hectares. Now they still do a lot of bulk wine. Now that doesn't mean the quality is, is inferior, Jerry. It's very important to understand. 14 million litres they produce a year and 4 million bottles of premium wine. Mm. Now, the bulk is often done uh, good quality, superior quality, but it's often done to be exported, to be bottled somewhere else, purely a a marketing and a costing exercise. Mm. Okay. Now, the wine, uh, a light golden colour on the palate. How would you describe it, Rick? Are very refreshing, a little bit on the drier side, which is uh, which will be a true reflection um, of of the grape, but very refreshing with a lot of stone fruit, peach, uh, pear, a bit of apricot in it, 
a really, really, this must be the last of the summer wine, surely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now yeah. you're talking, Rick. Now you're talking. I have to admit, I have tasted this from other vintages in the past and it, it has been a cracker. It has. And the 2019, well, Rick gives it his thumbs up indeed. I take it then from what you describe, a nice little sip on its own or fish or chicken, yeah? Would that be a nice match? Absolutely, Jay. On its own, beautiful grilled fish or chicken i had it with monkfish i'm told monkfish is a poor man's lobster i don't know if that's true or another fisherman's story <laughs> i'd rather stay out of that one but i had it it won a bed of rice with creamy mashed potato and oh. it was absolutely gorgeous no rick together. rick you're not far from the lobster the monk was the poor relation at one stage but i can tell you today he's considered cordon bleu the monkfish is beautiful lovely lovely dish there to go with it so that's your white folks from italy in tesco 2019 suave superior classico D-O-C-G Garganega is the grape 2019 is the year that's Rick's white today now let's move on to the red and you're hopping from Italy to Spain now I do uh, Jerry uh, another lovely uh, this is a blend now with three grapes the Garnache Tempranillo and Carignana um, and it just uh, it's a 2017 uh, Marquise de Carano a Grand Reserve are very important that means that it spent a minimum of 12 months in oak barrels. And Rick, 2017 on the label. And for, I know, a, a Grand Reserva at 13 euro, good price again. Oh, giveaway. Mm. Giveaway, Jerry, because it's, it's, you know, it's a top of the top range uh, in terms of classifications. And uh, Carignana, of course, it, it, the uh, French variety is called Carignan, uh, which is its ori- uh, origin of the grape variety. So Carignana is just the, uh, the Spanish pronunciation mm. Mm. of the grape. And again, yes. this time you're sticking with cooperatives because again, and this is another co-op uh, involved here, but 700 growers this time and a range of grape varieties. Yes, they do. Uh, Jerry Tesco seems to... Uh, you know, especially in in, in the uh, Suave, that is under the Tesco finest label. Um, and uh, the Marquis, again, they've got 700 plus growers. Grandes uh, Vinos is the uh, co-op. Uh, they cover four and a half thousand uh, hectares, 14 districts and 10 different grape varieties. You know, the Ganache, Tempranillo, Muscat. You have your Chardonnay, Merlot, etc. Mm. Uh, in it, and and they have nine different marketing labels, um, Ananion and Monasterio, is two names we would have seen on our shelves. Yes, yeah. yes, in the past. And again, yeah. you said this wine twelve months in oak barrels. It has spent, so it's uh, getting a nice flavour from the oak there. Um, again, on the nose and palate, please. Yeah, on the nose, you're definitely going to pick up that oak. Uh, you're going to vanilla and some cherry. Um, and on the palate, it's beautifully well-structured and balanced. The tannins are not too strong. I would put them as medium. Very easy to drink. A lovely, long, lingering finish, which is always great in any wine. 
So it you, doesn't just disappear. Yes, I, <laughs> you won't have this long in the glass. I promise you. Anyway, um, are you saying to me that you could sip this one by itself? A nice red would it fall into that category? I definitely, it definitely with one of the books Margaret uh, recommended mm. there in front of a fire. <laughs> Lovely, really, really nice. I would do a bit of decanting because it is 2017, 12 months in oak barrels. Yeah. I would decant it and leave for a few minutes, uh, Jerry. So open it up, let the air uh, get at it, breathe through it, roll it around the glass a bit. And you're right, Rick, I found that in the past with a red. These evenings, there's big benefits to the shorter evenings. If you have the fire lit, and you put it uh, just to the side of the fire for a while decanted, it really does enhance the flavour of a lot of reds, doesn't it? It it does, Jerry. It's amazing that it does. You know, uh, that's the beauty about wine. In one way, oxygen is its worst enemy because if it gets into the bottle before you open it, it will spoil it. And yet, once it's open, it's your best friend. Mm. So, yeah. Real, real irony there and again it goes without saying lovely with a roast uh, a good steak things like that strong cheese Rick strong cheeses Jerry definitely mm. definitely a bit of pasta mm. uh, and if you can uh, have a barbecue well yeah definitely it'll go <laughs> anyway you should set Not yourself well. up I'll put another string to your bow and teach us all about this this man is a genius at barbecue and folks anyway that's for another day the red today is from Spain Marcus de Carano Gran Reserva and it's 2017 in Tesco and at 13 euro it's a snip and I say to everybody listening today again drink sensibly plenty of water with your wines don't abuse it enjoy it and match it with food and it's fantastic Rick you're the best thank you so much indeed for joining us talk to you again soon you will Jerry and the best of luck to the whole of the team tonight ah thanks indeed Rick we really do appreciate it we could be cracking open a bottle or two of these please God later on anyway Rick take care of yourself bye 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 that's Rick Cronje there. He's simply brilliant, the man. He really is. And those wines enjoy, as I say again, in moderation and sensibly. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Stay with us on the show. Yeah, Pink there on Late Lunch this afternoon with Beautiful Trauma. Now... Loch Owl is or Loch Owl is in County Westmeath, and that was the question I posed to you, uh, and uh, invited you to send me in your answers to win our book of the month, the Lake House at Lenishee by Sheila Forzi. And thank you indeed for all the answers, and almost one hundred percent correct, I have to say. Anyway, uh, the book is going this afternoon to Tricia O'Reilly in Rathkenny in County Mead. Well done to you, Tricia. That book is yours. You will enjoy it. I promise you. Now, Louise, will you solve the riddle for me? Now, solve it honestly. <laughs> yeah. Now, solve it honestly. Okay, so let me read the riddle again and Louise is going to solve it. She's going to logically solve Wrong. it. Solve it. Now, hold on. No, listen, don't be jumping the gun here. Anyway, here's the riddle. Lily is a lily pad in a small pond. Lily doubles in size every day and on the 20th day, she covers the entire pond. On what day did Lily cover half the surface area of the pond? And you say? I said because 20 days she was full, so I halved it. So I said day 10. You said 10. And quite a few people said 10. And we had other answers as well. But believe it or not, the answer to the riddle this Friday is 19. 
because on the 19th day, think about it, listen to what it says, Lily doubles in size every day and on the 20th day, cover the entire pan- pond. So you understand the logic Must now? Must have been a big pond. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> on the 19th day, it was half the size and it doubled Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. To fill the pond. So the 19th day. Oh, there's some clever clogs, aren't there? Very. Oh, there are very clever clogs out there. There really are. The boys did well in this one, we have to say, didn't they? Yeah. The, oh, the men boys did right. very well. So I'm going to say congratulations this afternoon to Jerome efficient. O'Brien. Jerome O'Brien in Chairman Feckin because you were in quite quickly with the answer correct, the 19th day. So Jerome, today, I normally have a little gift, but you know what I'm going to do today, Jerome? I'm going to give you a pair of tickets to... Rebecca Storm at the TLT on Sunday the 19th, the 17th of October. Yes, she's there. The theatre is reopening after 18 months due to the restrictions. Rebecca Storm with special guest, the Drogheda Male Voice Choir, Sunday, October the 17th. Tickets available from the TLT box office or tlt.ie. Jerome, I'll give you those pair of tickets today as your little prize for solving the riddle. I hope you enjoy that concert. Anyway, we're heading towards news, sport and weather at three. And after the break, we're back, of course, with the final Installment on my artist of the week. Yes, Elton John in song and words, and David Sheen looks ahead to the big weekend in sport. How come I'm always wi- wise in hindsight? Frankie the Tory on the show with me on Wednesday, and he wins at Bellystown yesterday. Sure, it was written in the stars, and I hadn't a cent in him. Four to one, he came in, and it would have been lovely. No wonder I buy quick picks and lottery tickets. <laughs> Oh my God almighty, yes. If you're on Frankie and it was a fantastic day out there on the hill and he did the, as I said to him, would he do the jump from the the horseback of you on? He did it for everybody and he loved his time there. His first ever visit, well done to him and it was a very successful day for the charity and remembering Barney Curley too. But there you go, four to one Frankie the Tory. Someday I'll get it right, I promise you. Just reminding you as well, the Premier League continues tomorrow and you can listen here on LMFM on our website or on the LMFM app Man United Everton half 12 Chelsea Southampton at 3 Brighton Arsenal at half past 5 Premier League live with now stream live action from BT and Premier Sport with a now sports extra membership it's all there for you now my artist of the week I bring the curtain down today on Elton John and move up to recent times a movie biopic about Elton's life, appropriately called Rocket Man, was released in May 2019 with his imprimatur, I have to say. And then in October of the same year, he published his autobiography simply called Me. You know he's a big football supporter and was, of course, chairman of Watford Football Club, who he has also supported, of course, financially through the years. Personally, he was engaged to be married to Linda Woodrow in the late 60s before calling the wedding off two weeks before everything had been arranged. He then married Renate Blol in February 1984 but he divorced divorced her in 88. He maintained he had been living a lie and in fact he was gay. He began a relationship with David Furnish in 1993, who he subsequently married and they have two sons born through surrogacy in 2010 and 2013 to the same mother. Do you know he's one of the wealthiest people in the music industry in the world and he's known for his extravagant spending. Listen to this. In 2000, he confirmed he spent... £30 million in under two years. That's incredible. It's a million and a half nearly a month. 
Unbelievable money. He's also accumulated a raft of honours and awards within and without of the music business. Yes, Sir Elton John, the boy, reared by his grandparents in a council house, has done good. And for me today, there's only one way to get out of the Elton story or go out of the Elton story. It's with this one. Come on, up you get. It's the Crocodile Rock. Elton John, my artist of the week. Great one to wind up on Elton this week. Unbelievable. What a career he's had. And as I mentioned yesterday, his tour goes on. He's in Cork next July. And in the spring of the following year, he is here back in Ireland in Dublin. And I'll bring you another artist of the week here on Late Lunch next week. Thank you for all the kind wishes ahead of the Radio Awards tonight. We're getting them from Italy and the States and all over. Thanks, Tommy. Lovely to hear from you and the family today and everybody else who's been in touch. We do appreciate your kindness. Now, final break of the week on Late Lunch and coming up afterwards, our man David Sheehan looks ahead to the big weekend in sport. Friday afternoon and it's time for a regular look ahead to sport over the weekend and joining us is presenter of Sunday Sport on LMFM Radio, David Sheehan. Hello again, David. How you doing, Jerry? Good, thanks for joining us once more on the show. Well, you're working tonight for us and two games in the League of Ireland Premier Division. Let's start with that one you're at, heading the game park, Drogheda against St. Pat's. Last week, they were poor in Waterford, lost a big game, Drogheda, coming off a decent little run before that. How do you think this one's going to work out? Yeah, well, it's funny, like, we're into the last round of games now, Jerry, um, in terms of, like, the, the Waterford game was the first game of the season, and last week was obviously the away game there. So we're into the last round of, of nine matches. So Drogheda have to play everybody, bar Waterford, on the run-in. Um, it's going to be difficult for them tonight. I mean, they beat St. Pat's earlier in the season when they were going through that great run of form. They lost a two away game to St. Pat's. But Pat's themselves aren't in great form at the minute. So, look, at every game is going to be tough for, for Drogheda now to the end of the season. They're missing Gary Deegan tonight through suspension. That's going to be difficult for them. Um, but they just need to start picking up points. I mean, Adrian Taff, our colleague, was actually pointing out to me that the last two seasons, prior to last year when we had the COVID issue, but the two seasons before that, the, the team that finished second from bottom was on around 27 or 28 points. You look at Drogheda, they've got 37 points already this season and they're still not sure of being safe. That just shows you the sort of topsy-turvy nature that, we, that we've had this year in the league with everybody beating everybody else. And their last two games in the, of the season for Drogheda, a home to Dundalk and a way to, to Shamrock Rovers. So they would really want to kind of have enough points in the bag by then to be safe. So tonight it's going to be difficult for them. But, you know, they, they had a good win a couple of weeks ago. You saw it yourselves against Bohemian. So they're well capable. And uh, I'm, I'm going to take them to, to sneak a win tonight. I'm going to be confident. Good on you, David. Drogs fans will be delighted with you. Now, Dundalk uh, returned to Donegal, where they drew in the Cup, but subsequently won the replay against Finn Harps and are now in the semi-final of the Cup. Harps mm. themselves in bother like Drogheda. They're touch and go whether they're going to be in the relegation playoff or not. The masters of it at this stage. But this is a big game in the context of that bottom echelon of the table. Yeah, like you look at the bottom of the table at the moment. Longford Town are obviously gone, but then you've got Waterford on 32 points. Dundalk on 34 and Harps on 36. So, and then Drogheda just a point above Harps on 37 points. All the teams have the same number of games played now in, in that part of the table. So it's all kind of, uh, every every point is valuable. And as you said there, they've met twice in the Cup. This is the third meeting in 14 days, I think, between these two sides. So they know each other very well. Dundalk still have a few injury problems. Patrick McElhenney's out, David McMillan. 
and Brian Gartland obviously still in Sahibo as well. So there are a few injuries, but they've been battling through the injury problems of late, and they had two great back-to-back wins uh, last weekend. They beat Sligo this day last week, and then Bohemians on Monday. So they've they've been on a good run of form recently, uh, Dundalk, and you know you would fancy them to pull clear that relegation zone. Probably maybe not with a whole lot to spare, but. Uh, I, I'd expect them to, to maybe get a point tonight at least because Harps are on a good run in the league themselves. Uh, but whatever about the result tonight, I would expect Dundalk to, to ease clear of that relegation zone. Now let's go across the water and there's really only one show in town this weekend. Well, there's more. There's 10 in the Premier League, but the big one is certainly at Anfield on Sunday. Liverpool face Manchester City. Now City, great win at Chelsea last week. Hiccup in the Champions League in Paris midweek. Liverpool in great form, winning comfortably in the Champions League. And they're playing wonderful football, David. Yeah, as we've been well used to seeing with Liverpool over the last number of years um, since Jurgen Klopp has been there. Really high-pressure, high-intensity, high-paced football. Um, they are missing uh, Thiago and Trent Alexander-Arnold this weekend, but they're at home at Anfield. They're off the back of a good result during the week in Europe, as you mentioned, Liverpool, whereas City uh, didn't do so well against uh, PSG, and, and we saw Lionel Messi scoring another one of his trademark goals, cutting in from the right. So, uh, again, really hard to call this one, I suppose, but I'm going to just give a hesitant vote of confidence to Liverpool. They're at home, but they're top of the table. Uh, it, it's going to be, it's hard to see there being much between the two sides, but I, I just think Liverpool at the moment have their tails up, and I'd fancy them to, to sneak that one. Now, moving to GAA, it's quarter-final weekend in the Loud Senior Football Championship. Four games down for decision you'll be covering on Sunday. It starts at 1 o'clock and concludes at 7 in the evening. So the first game up on Sunday, St Mary's RD up against St Bride's. Yeah, like Mary's obviously beaten in the, in the final last year. They'll be looking to go on better this season. I suppose it's hard to kind of back against them. The, the two of the quarter-finals, we'll talk through the four of them, but two of the quarter-finals, I suppose most people would, would see clear enough winners. The other two, not so much, but you'd have to back uh, RD St Mary's to come through that one against St Bride's and progress to a semi-final. They'll be really keen to make up for that disappointing uh, performance in last year's final and go on better. It's going to be tough for them, obviously, but I would expect them to, to cross that hurdle on Sunday and, and progress to a semi-final. Now, I take it one of those ones you'll find difficult to call is the Newtown Blues up against the Dreadnoughts. That has a three o'clock throw-in. Yeah, a tight one. That's the game that we're covering live on LMFM Sunday Sport. I was listening to, to Fran McCullough's conversation with Colm earlier, and, and they'd be far better informed than me on the loud scene. But yeah, it's it's a game that's probably going to be hard to call. I mean, Blues were so dominant there for a recent for the recent number of years up until up until the last couple of years. But um, yeah, it's a hard one to call. I, I'm just going to going to give it to the Blues there again. It's 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 going to be very tight. And as I said, the two lads, Colm and Frower, were struggling to call it themselves. But I think the Blues maybe might just sneak through that one. But it's it's going to be a toss of the coin, and I'm really looking forward to that one because, as I said, we have it live on the show on Sunday, so it promises to be a really intriguing battle. Yeah, one to look forward to. I take it the next one then at four thirty on Sunday, reigning champions Nave Martin taking on St Joseph's. Is this a, a clear cut one? You'd have to think so. I mean, it's. You can never you can never write teams off too easily, but you'd, you'd have to give the, the, the vote of confidence to Nave Martin, like the defending champions. They've been in really good form for a couple of years now. Obviously, they lost the final a couple of years ago and then won it last year. So you'd have to you'd have to fancy them. I, I I'd say they'll they'll come through that one hopefully with a bit of spare. Not hopefully from my point of view, but hopefully from their point of view, they'll imagine they'll be liking to come through that with a little bit of spare. And again. You know, you just never know in Champions Football, Terry, but you'd certainly give Martins a nod on that one, yeah. One of my favourite clubs in Louth, I have to say. I followed them in the Halcyon days when they won Championship after Championship. They acquitted themselves brilliantly in the Leinster club as well. Mattock Rangers, it's wonderful to see them back at the business end of the Championship again this year. They play the Mocktas. Yeah, and Mattock, you know, probably 
coming into this in really good form, come out of the group in really good form, most people would probably, if you ask people before the championship who would win this one, I would say a lot of people would probably back the Moctis. But and, and Moctis, of course, survived the, dodged a little bit of a bullet there with Decky Byrne uh, looking like he was going to serve a long suspension, but but uh, getting off and, and being able to play in the championship. So that's a big boost to them. Uh, and again, like Moctis kind of been there thereabouts the last couple of years. I think it was a quarterfinal game I think I covered last year against Nate Martin when they were comfortably enough beaten in the end. But uh, they'll be hoping to, to again to progress through a semi-final and, and who knows what can happen there. It, again, from, from listening to the two lads discussing it, it's another one of those, it's, it's one of those two games that we expect to be tight. Uh, it's the evening game on Sunday and uh, I'm going to give a, give a hesitant vote to the Moctis, but that's, that's going to be a really tight game. And again, that game along with the Blues and the Dreadnoughts could be the, the two games of the weekend. David tipping those four, Mary's Blues, Martins and Moctis to advance to the semi-finals. And don't forget Sunday Sport here on LMFM Radio with David on Sunday and the Blues Dreadnoughts, the centrepiece of the show. Until next Friday, David Sheehan, thanks so much. Thanks, Jerry. Yes, David Sheen looking ahead to the uh, big soccer games here at home across the water and the GA quarterfinal senior here in the Wee County. Anyway, that's our lot on Late Lunch for another week. I want to say a big thank you to all our guests who joined us through the week. We appreciate all their time and input to the show. To you, our listeners who join us and join in the fun and everything else besides every day and make uh, your comments to us, etc. And thank you again for all your good wishes ahead of the awards this evening. And to Louise, I could not do this without Miss Louise Walsh. Thanks a million, Louise, for everything. And, uh, you know, we... uh, we love we love what we do here, I have to say to you. Anyway, back next week with another week of Late Lunch. More guests and more besides to enjoy. Paul McKenna is ready to go with The Drive next. Stay with us here on LMFM Radio. Take care of the weekend. Have a nice weekend and come back here for a brand new week of Late Lunch from one thirty on Monday. See you then. Bye. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada, Dundalk and Cavan. Let Blackstone Motors find the perfect car for you. With over 300 cars to choose from, we have the biggest selection of pre-owned cars in Drada, Dundalk and Cavan. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie for more details. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 